Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, thank you for joining us once again at the Corners of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith, and this is our new opening music, um, new opener to our program. Every once in a while, you want to put some new paint on the building. And in Radio Land, this is how we do that. And we're still here. Say the things that aren't often heard, but need to be heard and need to be said. We're in dire need of revival. I'm looking at the toll that uh, this virus has hit on the world. And we're seeing uh, now in the United States, we're close to 60,000 dead as a result of this virus. Canada, <clears throat> where are we at there? Still very low. Praise the Lord for that. Um, not quite at 3,000. We're seeing in countries in Europe, Spain with 23,000 dead. Italy, 27,000. United Kingdom, 21,000. Germany with a low number of 6,000. Uh, France, 23,000. Turkey, uh, 3,000. Uh, Iran, close to uh, 6,000. Now, I know, I know there's a lot of debate whether these people truly have died of the coronavirus. Maybe these numbers are somewhat inflated from what I'm hearing. Makes me skeptical a bit of these numbers. But we must also agree that as a result of this pandemic, nations have been shutting up their citizens, sticking them all in their bubbles, trying to do their best to protect each and every one. And, and, I, um, and I, at the beginning, was supportive. Well, not right at the very beginning, but, you know, as we started moving on and I started seeing what was going on in Italy, I began to realize, you know, hey, th there is something out here we need to pay attention. And, and isolation does certainly help slow down the growth of something like this. But we have to sometime come to the point where we say, how long can we stay in our bubble and protect ourselves? Our politicians, are we really expecting them to forcibly uh, put us at this uh, in this situation? I, I think we got to ask the question of our politicians. Do we really expect you to rule us and control us and take away all our rights of choice and freedom? And the fact is, is that I think we're about ready to see an aftershock, not so much from this virus, but the financial aftershock. I mean, it's quite apparent that the government is having a hard time here in the United States, at least, of rolling out their financial solution or stimulus to help people. I mean, I know many people have been out of work now for over a month. Uh, things that were promised to them, they still haven't received. And even when they do receive it, it's only going to cover bills that they couldn't pay. And it's, you know, they're probably going to spend it on other things that they might desperately need, like food and shelter, and unable to pay some of these other bills that they've got. We've developed such a debt society, and all of us uh, 
you know, going to be finding ourselves in some struggles here. One has to pause and ask and consider, is this a wake-up call from God? And if it is, has he shown us an element of mercy in this? I believe he has. I mean, he could have brought a disease that comes upon us that where instead 99, 98% recover from it, where 99, 98% die from it. And if that was the case, and we got 3.1 million confirmed cases around the world, and if most of them die from a disease like this, this would be extremely disastrous. Now, who's to say that God could not roll out something like this in six months' time or a year or three months or whatever, that some other virus is released into this world? The fact is, is that God has been merciful in a way and as much as, as terrible as it is for the deaths that we've just talked about, and I mourn over it, it grieves my heart. And it should grieve your heart too. And the financial calamities that are going to come, I think God's trying to get our attention, folks. And he's trying to say, you're living in my world and you're not respecting and fearing me you give me no thought you live for yourself you live for your entertainment you live for your enjoyment for your passions and many of your passions are wicked and sinful and you continue in them and I have been long-suffering and patient I'm getting you anger me though with it every day there's a passage in the Bible that speaks of the Amorites and it, it, the passage says this, that, the, that their iniquities were not yet full. In other words, that there comes a point that God says, enough's enough. When your cup comes to full of your iniquities, and iniquities is like an accounting term. It's like the accumulation, the bank account of your sins. When your iniquities get to the point when they're full, then God unleashed his judgment. Boy, God's uh, grace is big. It becomes a point, he says, enough's enough. When we see judgment, when God begins to unleash judgment, it's an opportunity for us to straighten up and get back to God. We should have done it before. We shouldn't have had the need for God to chastise us and, and break our backs with things like this. But God operates this way. We saw it many, many, many times in the Old Testament. People who knew better didn't, didn't do right. God brought preachers to warn, and to tell them, you better straighten up or I'm going to bring this. And it's going to be painful. They didn't listen. And God opened up the his wrath and his judgment began to fall and we're seeing it and i've been talking to you the last few days about what it means to have a revival in order to have revival there must be repentance and i want to draw your attention to when, when there is an awakening 
These kind of revivals, they're always referred to as an awakening. They see something they didn't see before. There's two things. It's well recorded, well documented in many revivals. Number one, the glory of God. God's holiness is righteousness to such an extent that it causes fear to fall upon mankind that they recognize and they realize I'm on God's ball. I'm on his earth. I'm on his time. My life is in his hands. He can snuff it out and end it. And it causes us to recognize and acknowledge our sinful and woeful condition. We cry out to God. Let me tell you our condition. You know, and, and there's a term here, anoint your eyes with eye solve. In other words, open your eyes up. And this is what, what an awakening does. And it's uh, referred to us in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. And here you have the church of the Laodiceans. Now, some have suggested that these seven churches are not only literal churches of Asia Minor, but that they signify the church age. And if that's so, this is the last of the age of the church. And it so well describes our condition today. Here the Lord said, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness in the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. In other words, he's saying, You make me sick. You're not living for me. You're not living against me. You're just, you know, you're just on the fence. It makes me sick. Then he says in verse 17, because thou sayest, now get this, I am rich. I'm increased with goods. I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So in other words, we see ourselves as doing good. You know, we're, we're great. We're rich. We're increased with goods. I, I don't need anything. I don't need God. And the fact is that we're poor, we're wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. Then he says in verse number uh, number 18, Anoint thine eyes with eye solve, that thou mayest see. Open your eyes and see your true condition. And the fact is, is we in North America, we've been so lifted up with our wealth and riches and uh, all the conveniences and, and all the joys and pleasures that we've been able to get you know we've you know we we get all we can and can all we get and and um and and live for self and not recognize god uh, a few days ago i was listening to npr and uh the person whoever i can't can't even remember the name of the show whatever but they're talking about the crisis and and all this and they're saying you know uh science is is our answer Science is our only hope. If only we can, you know, it, it's the scientists that are going to bring us hope and they bring us a solution and bring us some kind of fix to this disease. And I'm here to tell you that's part of the problem is because we think that we are the answer to everything. Andrew Como, uh, a few uh, over a week ago, had the gall to say when the numbers started lowering and flattening. Uh, uh, God didn't do that. Faith didn't do that. We did that. We did that with our hard work and sweat and labor. 
and taking the credit. And again, in other words, saying, man has the solution. I'm here to tell you, man is the biggest part of the problem. And we need to repent. Call on God. And when there is a, an awakening, when revival comes, God anoints our eyes with eye solve. And we see ourselves in our wretchedness, not as increased with goods and rich and have need of nothing. We see that we are in true need, that we are wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked, and that our, the enormity of our crimes. What's interesting, you know, as, you, as we talk about Islam in my studies there, when they refer to sins in their legal books, in the Sharia law, all the offenses that deserve a death sentence, the term they use for them are their enormities. In other words, that your crime is enormous. This is something that's worthy of death. And when we commit our crimes, they're enormous before God. So God sees them. We need to see them how God sees them, how we've offended him. And when we do, that's part of the awakening, part of the opening up of our eyes is it causes us to change our ways and fix what's wrong, which is us and our relationship with God. And we fall on our faces before him. My friends, that is when revival begins, when we admit how woeful we are. That's going to have to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the Corners of Truth and Courage. God bless you.